Hello and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Mark Chantry and I am the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. On today's pod, our guest is Jan Meadows. Jan is a retired educator that spent 35 years in McLean County Unit 5, also taught courses at Illinois State University, and for the last 12 years, Jan has chaired the Back to School Alliance, which is a coalition of groups that provides more than 4,000 backpacks annually to low-income families from Unit 5 and District 87. Jan has also been involved in a number of other philanthropic initiatives. She coordinates not only the Back to School Alliance for the Backpacks, but she also has been involved with Promise Councils, which is an independent school support program for a number of schools in the Twin Cities. And she has recently created the Promise Shoes a shoe bank of new and gently used shoes for students at Unit 5 in District 87. And her most recent initiative has been WOW, which is to help develop leadership skills and confidence in elementary school-aged girls. And so with that, please welcome Jan. Jan, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Well, we really wanted to talk about today was what is the Back to School Alliance? How did it come about and why did it come about? One of my favorite topics about teacher empowerment. Long time ago, 20 plus years ago, there were a group of teachers and administrators who decided that they were going to pool resources and put together some backpacks for the kids who were coming in. In District 87, they met in a church basement. They pulled together 50 backpacks and they proceeded to share those with the students. And from there, we were born. And we have grown and grown. As you said, we're now up to about 4,000 backpacks each year. And it's all donated. We're all volunteers. There's no structure of any kind other than the goodwill of of the members and the people here in in McLean County. And the structure that you guys provide to it when when it comes to Distribution Day. For our listeners, Distribution Day involves literally thousands of people Mm -hmm. at the Grossinger's Motor Arena Mm -hmm. in downtown Bloomington. Can you talk about how, from infancy to how it's grown to what it is today, how you really navigated that, how you've managed that, and how many organizations are in? Well, it's an incredible effort by many people. And we had some years where we were using Horton Fieldhouse as a giveaway place. And when Grossinger opened and we were able to use that facility, we moved in there. And we would have about 45 service agencies come and fill the, the middle of the arena. We had the most wonderful things. We had you know, low-income music lessons and dance lessons and 4-H and all those things that you know, most people consider to be part of growing up that our kids don't have access to. And so we had all sorts of things. We had internet and food. And I always loved the group there from the GED group. And uh, one of my favorite ones was a friend who was running down the aisle chasing a young man saying, hey, hey, come back here. You only have two things left to do. And she got him and pulled him (laughs) back and got him re-enrolled in the program. So we have, we're very fortunate to use Grossinger. When I first started, we didn't open until 5 p.m., and people were lined up as early as 8 a.m., and the line would wrap all the way around the building and down the street, and that was a problem for us. We, we didn't want our families doing that, so we moved up the time to 1, and then we moved it up to 12, and then we now do it at 10 because we can get ready that fast. 
So we're no longer at Grossinger. COVID came and we didn't know what to do. So District 87, we delivered them to their buildings and they served the children there. Unit 5 did a drive through out at Normal West, which was so far away for so many people. Uh, we knew we had to do something different and State Farm came to our rescue and they said, what can we do to help? And we said, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> this is really a problem. This is a lot of people. And they offered us one of their parking garages, and we were using that the last couple of years. And that has been a true blessing. They close it down to all of their employees, and it's just for us. And we line up, and we have hundreds of volunteers come. Our families can stay in their car. They drive through. It's faster. They're not standing out in line. And not only that, but the privacy factor of that. Yeah. We're not standing out in the street, you know, in a hot August day yeah. waiting for something like that. So we have really benefited in a lot of ways from that. But we miss our middle of the of Grossinger Arena service area. So this year we are trying to get more of our service organizations to come out and put a table and a tent up and they can hand things out to the families as they're pulling in. We would encourage anybody who has handouts like that that would like to be involved to get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us through our website. Probably the easiest way to remember it's backtoschoolalliance.org. That is easy to remember. Do family so how are families identified do, and, and do they need to pre-register or sign up? It is because along with the idea and, and being a classroom teacher in a title school where there were a lot of children who needed more resources than what their families were providing, I always said I never wanted to see that six-year-old walk in the door without what everybody else had because that's crushing. And to see those eyes, you know, looking around what everybody else has and not a problem for people who send monogrammed pencils and lunch boxes with 50 charms on them and everything and you've got the kid with nothing you know so we we our theory is day one we want them ready we want them to come in like everybody else so coupling that with a problem that we had a lot of kids who were spending time in Chicago with relatives and Labor Day is the start of the school year and our kids wouldn't come back in August like we start here and they were coming back right after Labor Day with nothing. And we would be like, you're not registered, you don't have your health forms filled out. And so we made a partnership with our families and we let them know back in the spring, we've already you know, let them know this, but we look at it as you get your kids ready for school by getting them registered and getting those health records and those immunizations updated and current. And we'll help you by giving you school supplies to be ready on day one. And it's worked. Our number of exclusions from students who are not in compliance with health regulations has gone way down. I mean, from something like 250 to five. I mean, it is phenomenal. And that really helps our other partner, McLean County Health Department, because they couldn't get the kids in when they all came at the last minute to get them, you know, appointments that were reasonable. Sometimes they would be back into October before the kids would be able to get everything taken care of. So, you know, it's a win-win partnership for all of us. And we like to look at it as our parents as partners. You do the part that only you can do, and we'll do what we can do to help you get ready. So pulling this off obviously takes a lot of volunteers. Where do you get your volunteers from? And if somebody's interested in volunteering, how do they go about 
Well, you know, it is currently a very well-oiled machine. I very seldom have to reach out for volunteers. They come to me. Lots of people know how to get in touch, and most of the time our sign-up geniuses are full. We even get to share them with the general public. And while that's a great problem to have, it also bothers me because a lot of times I have families who are our recipients who want to give back, and I have to find something for them to do because that's one of the most beautiful things we ever see on that distribution day when we've got a mom volunteering there for three hours and then saying, can I pick up my kid's backpack while I'm here? Wow, that's powerful, you know, and, and there's ownership, dignity, we go with that. So uh, we went from having t- needing like 400 volunteers on the day of the event to down to about 200. Okay. And again, sometimes I'm creating jobs for people to be able to participate. McLean County is a wonderful county to live in. I can't say that often and more sincerely than that. Well, that's good to not have that problem Mm -hmm. in terms of staffing in order to pull off all those. Is there anything that you're not currently able to do or offer at, on, on that day, or just as, as part of the larger initiative that you'd like to be able to do? I'm going to have to think about that one for just a minute because, of course, my dream list uh-huh. is this long. Um, you know, when, when we were at the Coliseum, we had just gotten to the point where we had several people, hairstylists, who would come and cut hair. So when the kids were standing in line, we'd give them a ticket and they could go in and get their hair done and be ready for school. That was awesome. We've had the mobile health unit come in so that they could get those sports physicals that they needed or or things like that. In our new location, while it has all those pluses that I've mentioned before, we can't really give them some of those kind of services. So that's something that, you know, I wish we could make that more into a more resource-laden type thing. But other than that, you know, we have some very specific, as everybody, you know, always reads as it's getting closer to, you know, back to school time about the teacher's list who says she needs a yellow folder, a red folder, and a blue folder, or he needs three composition notebooks of differing colors, and everybody fusses, why can't you just take, make it easy and just do this and that? So when we prepare our bags, we prepare a kindergarten bag is different than a first grade bag and all the way through to middle school. And we, we can't quite get to those kinds of specifics. I always wish we had a more unified, I think a more equitable type of a school supply list that we don't have schools requesting 42 items and other schools saying I need the basic six. And it seems to me that when we're within the same school district, we ought to be able to come to some sort of resolution with that, but I can't get that. As far as things that I want, typically when I when I say something that I really want we typically find somebody out there has a solution for us so one of the things we've been unable to do is our mission is only pre-k through eighth grade so when it comes to high school I don't have a budget for that and I don't really have supplies so each year I usually find somebody who's willing to donate a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars for me to buy strictly high school backpacks and take them to the high schools for for kids when they come in. So again, this community <laughs> steps up. So you, if anybody has anything to offer or any ideas or anything that would help us out with some of that, you know, certainly we can be reached through our website. Something that our parents have a hard time with too that we tried to address a little bit at Cedar Ridge this year through our Promise Council. But it's those extra things. When your kid graduates from Kingsley say they're not going to continue wearing their Kingsley sweatshirt and their Kingsley matching sweatpants and I wish we had a way that we could 
find a way to collect those and launder them and have them available to hand out to kids. Because that's another one of those social things that, that makes kids different. Um, promise shoes. I mean, we have talked, I know, basically about the backpacks, but not having new school shoes is a problem for our kids. So that new haircut that most of us take for granted and the new school supplies and the shoes, you know, I always say when I talk to people about fundraising for back to school, I will often reference remembering opening up that box of crayons and that smell of that waxy smell and those pointy tips that you just can't wait to get onto paper. A lot of our kids don't even have that feeling, but I'll tell you, in every room that I say that, everybody smiles and nods at me and knows exactly what we're talking about. But that's just the, the bit of it. It's the whole first day of school picture of being ready on day one. And that's important because being able, being positioned as a student and feeling comfortable Mm-hmm. and on an equal level mm-hmm. on that first day of school is, is really important mm-hmm. in terms of getting the school year off to a good start. Absolutely. So Jan, when is this year's event for Back to School? Our event this year for distribution will be on August 8th out at State Farm South Campus in the North Parking Garage. And you can get that information from your elementary school where invitations are easily found. Thank you for coming in today. And I should share with our listeners that Jan received the 2022 Illinois Prairie Community Foundation Philanthropist of the Year Bloomington Normal Award. And I, I share that because I think if you've heard nothing else today besides Jan's plea for donations, as you see fit, for the Back to School Alliance. But understand that Jan comes to this from a mindset of philanthropy and giving back to others. And I think that underscores a life that you've lived professionally and personally to this point. And so thank you for all your efforts. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 Pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.